כיסו, אני שמחה ונגיד לה בו, יש נהר שזורם כיסו, אני שמחה ונגיד לה בו, הצמד יבוא וישתה, מים בשפע, מי שישמע יבוא וידע, מים חיים
And we thank you, God, that you provide for us, that you care for us, and that you love us so much. And we just want to love you back with everything that we have, God, whether that's our money, our time, our gifts, whatever we have. We just want to love you back with it. And God, we just give you the rest of this service to come and do whatever you want to do and just to have your way. We love you so, so much. It's in your name we pray.
the Lord this morning.
ever had. And uh, so we're going to plant churches. Amen. But we're going to start it under a tent. So we're believing God for a tent. Uh, we were praying, and I had an evangelist friend of mine call, and he said, look, he said, I got a tent I had four years ago church gave me. He said, I've never put it up. He said, you can come and borrow it and just do whatever you want to with it. As long as you do the work of God. So it's not a huge tent, but it is a tent. And we're going to start somewhere, right? So we're going to set this tent up in Myrtle Beach. And we're going to hold a 10-day meeting. And our goal is to touch, physically touch, with our hands, at least 1,000 people in those 10 days. Yes. And if I could touch 1,000 people in those 10 days, then I, I'm hopefully, and not hopefully, I know, God told me that I'll keep at least 25 of those people to start a meeting. And then that's how we're going to get started the plan. So keep us in prayer, but that's where we're at. Amen? Amen. And this morning, I want to talk about the anointing. Hallelujah. Wow. Sometimes when you talk about it, it gets on you. You just got to... <laughs> Holy cow. Hey, this let me say, I'm honored to be on the stage today. This is incredible. It looks absolutely amazing. Yeah. This pulpit is great. Some of the pulpits I preach on don't even give you enough room for your Bible. <laughs> I, I, I'm excited. Pastor Amos texted me yesterday. He said, you get the honor of preaching on our new stage first. I said, I don't believe you. I bet you were in there in the middle of the night. When the <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe you. But I don't believe I can't call any man a liar. He would as selfie as he was. Well, I guarantee you. I guarantee you. There, you're, you're probably right. There would have been a selfie. Uh, <laughs> hey, what did you say? Hey, Pastor, that's coming from your elder. I didn't say, I didn't say it. You know, I thought it, but I didn't say it. Uh, we jokingly call him Pastor Paparazzi. <laughs> he, he's on me, and he told me I need to get, uh, get on social media more. And I'm trying. I, I truly am. But uh, <laughs> I just, something, I don't know. I, I, I'm lucky to run my telephone. Amen. <laughs> Seriously. I, you know, this is pretty amazing, though. I, uh, one thing I do love on that phone is the Bible app. Everybody, you know, it's a lot, a lot of old school guys. I still carry the paper version. But, man, what a blessing to have all the different translations right at my fingertips. I can't carry around 10 Bibles, but I can now. That's right. Can you imagine if the disciples had that power? Of course, they didn't need it, I guess. <laughs> they still had the, the actual living version. But, uh, so let's get into the word. I'm going to pray this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you glory. Father, I come against every spirit but the Holy Spirit in this place. I take authority over sickness. I take authority over sadness. I take authority over any kind of virus or disease. Lord. I take authority over every evil plan of the enemy this morning by the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I cast down every imagination, Lord. I command it to be subject to your judgment, Lord. Hallelujah. I pray, Father, that the hearts of the folks this morning are prepared to hear from you and are prepared to receive the anointing from heaven. Yes. Hallelujah. The anointing of the Holy Ghost. Yes. Father, we know that you're not a man that you could lie. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that your word is true. Yes. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 
be long this morning, and you know, I was sharing with Brother Rick downstairs a little bit about healing. <sighs> Last night I had a sermon all prepared, and I'm still going to preach some of that sermon. But I was sitting in the hotel lobby. Is it okay to just talk for a little bit? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like I told you this morning, if you come here to hear some hermeneutical, fancy sermon, that's not me. You're going to be so disappointed. You're going to see that guy. He's a hit. But that's fine. You know. Hey, hits are cool. My dad said never get above your reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling my brother this morning. I, I came in with these shoes and suit on. I said I wish I'd wear my boots. I, if you guys know, you wear boots when I come. Yeah. But. Uh, I'm trying to uh, trying to be a little different, I guess, a little more a little more well-rounded. But you know, sometimes yeah, you, right. you got to get you got to get where God's called you to be. That's get in your right. lane and stay there. Amen. Come on. So last night in the hotel, for whatever reason, I, God told me He said, "I want you as you're preparing tonight. I want you to go to the lobby." He said, "I want you to, I want you to prepare for tomorrow, and I want to, I want to speak to you in the lobby." And I'm like, "Lord," I said, "How can I do that? I, it's so distracting." You know, He said, "I didn't." I don't, you don't question, you just go to law. And I talk to God like I'm talking to you guys. You know, I'll say, no, uh-uh, ain't, ain't no way God. I, I talk that way to the Lord because he's my friend. The Bible says he calls me friend. Yeah. So if he's my friend, I'm not going to talk to him any different than I would talk to you. Amen? Amen. And he's not going to talk to me any different. Did you know God speaks to us in a language that we understand? Absolutely. Right? Sometimes I think we have such a hard time hearing from God because we expect him to say, be thou, you know, speak the way he does in the King James Version of the Bible. And that's not how God speaks. God talks a language that we can understand. Amen? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. So I went down to the lobby, and my wife stayed upstairs. Um, she, she's really good. She don't ever bother me much unless I ask her to. And then when I ask her to, sometimes I get way more than I bargained for. <laughs> but... Uh, our brains work totally different. My wife's amazing. I'm gonna brag on her a minute. She uh, she thinks like nobody I've ever been around in my entire life. So when I need a different per perspective on things, I always ask her because sometimes she puts the things in a light for me that, that nobody else can. I don't know if anybody else has got a good wife, but the Bible says he who finds a good wife finds a great thing, right? Amen. But she found me. I didn't find her. She chased me down. Amen. <laughs> I was, and she did. I'm not lying. You think I'm in my mind? You did not choose me. I did. Oh, I went to Harvey's. It is. Yeah, it's a small town. This is such a. I went to Harvey's to get me a hamburger, and here comes my wife and her sister-in-law. And I thought she was pretty cute, and I winked at her a couple times. I didn't really say much. I knew her sister-in-law. I talked to her for a minute. Then I left, and I went down to the Sunoco station. Well, mysteriously, her car needed gas. Here she comes. Here she comes into the Sunoco station. So I had a date with two more girls. Like at the same time, man, I was rocking. You know, I'm, I'm not getting worldly. I'm just telling you, I wasn't always a pastor. And um, so I, I was in a bowling alley with two young ladies. And mysteriously, such a small town, she had to go bowling that night. She didn't chase me though. And then also she caught me when we went back to Hardy's and we've been together 27 years. Come on. Man. Lisa had not grown up in church. I was backslidden. I, I grew up in church, but I was backslidden. Uh, when I met my wife, if I were to slip into eternity at that moment, I knew I was split hell wide open. Uh, but one night we went to a camp meeting, 
at, a, at a, my mom and dad's home church, it's Calvary Temple, and a, a minister by the name of Brother Ted Shuttlesworth was yes. preaching. Yes. You guys know Brother Ted? No, sir. Brother Ted's kind of been my spiritual daddy. The guy that's always cracked the whip on me when I got out of line too far. He's always been that man. So we were living in the world, uh, not married at that point. We had just bought a trailer, and man, we were proud. We bought a 12 by 60, 1969, wasn't it, or 70 Skyline trailer. It was yellow, it was ugly. I pulled it out of the hollow with a tractor myself because no moving company would do it. So the guy told me, he said, if you can at least get it to the end of the hall, I'll hook up and bring it down the main road for you. <laughs> so I did. We got it down the main hall. But we remodeled this thing. We were so happy. And, and we, were, we were living together. And we were young, really young. And uh, so we went to a camp meeting one night. It was elbow to elbow. We were at the very back. Couldn't get out. I mean, we were squeezed. Squeezed. Like, you know, sitting down and your, your butt's up against somebody. You know, like you're sitting on them or they're sitting on them. That's how tight it was. Brother Ted comes clear to the back of the church. And the music's gone, the praise and worship's gone. And he gets down right in between us where no one else can hear. And through a word of knowledge, spoke something to us that only we knew. My wife literally came unstuck really quick. <laughs> Jumped straight over the back of the pew and says, you're nuts. <laughs> Explanative, nuts, nuts, nuts. Runs out of the back of the church. So I jumped up, you're right, run out with her. He, Brother Ted grabs me. And uh, he pulls me down to the front and... That night changed my life forever. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I've never, I've never wanted to be anything except what God's called me to be. Yeah. And that night he, he pulled me down to the altar and he, he prophesied some things to me and he set me behind the baby grand piano. And um, it was kind of amazing because I didn't, you know, I, I don't like to play at that time especially. I don't like to play. I know you guys see me up here, but that's when I do this. This is way out of my comfort zone. Just so you know, I don't like playing music. I love to play music at home to God, but I am very uncomfortable. And I'll be real when I'm up here playing. So he set me down in Baby Grand, which I said, okay, that's cool because all the other instruments will drown me out. The minute, I'm telling you, the minute I started playing, the Holy Ghost hit me, the electric went out in the whole place, and the only sound you heard was the Baby Grand. It's true. And I played for 45 minutes. I couldn't tell you a note of what I played because the anointing hit me so strong. And, and when, I, when I came back to myself, you know, when the anointing lifted, my fingers hurt. That's how hard I was playing the piano. And my mom said, I've never heard you play that way. And I, and I don't know that I've ever played that way again. So shortly after I was in the military, I was, we got married. Um, I was out in the field. And of course, my wife got saved and, and radically saved. And God changed her. Like I've never seen him change anybody. You know, to repent means to turn away from sin. That's yeah, right. To go and walk the other direction. Okay? Amen. And when Lisa got saved, that's what she did. She turned the other direction and walked away. She walked away from her family, anything that would try to hinder her and hold her back, and, and ran towards God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So I was out in the field, way out in the field. I don't even want to tell you where I was at. The Red Cross comes and gets me. Is anybody, are there any service members in here? What happens when you're out in doing what you're doing and the Red Cross comes to get you? Normally something bad in it. They don't ever just come and get you to tell you you're doing a good job. So the Red Cross guy comes out and he picks me up. He says, you got to call home. Call your wife. He said, I said, why? He said, I don't know. You just, I was just told to come get you. you got to call your wife. Well, all the way back to the Red Cross tent, you know, I'm more thinking maybe somebody's dead, my dad or mom, or you know, something bad had happened. So I called, I rang on the phone, and they listened to every phone call. Bless you. Thank you. You're blessed. 
turned you down. Praise God. Anyway, I called my house and my wife answers and said, What's wrong? And she goes, I got it! I got it! I said, What? And here's my sergeant, he's listening on the other line. I got the Holy Ghost! <laughs> <laughs> chapter 21 and I think I'm going to start at verse 25 and God bless you and there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity men's hearts failing them for fear it says in verse 26 hallelujah men's hearts failing them for fear now, I like to read that. I'm going to read that in the in the message version, which, you know, I, I, I read it sometimes. I don't, I don't preach out of it a lot, but sometimes it sheds a different light. The message says it will seem like, listen to this, it will seem like all hell 
has broken loose on the earth. Yeah. The uproar. Everyone all over the world will be panicked. The wind knocked out of them by the threat of the doom. The earth will be quaked. And that's where we're at right now. Would everybody agree with me? Yeah. Yeah. The devil has stepped up his attack. And we've taken it. We've done nothing to attack back. You know, I, I, I told my wife the other day, I said, where are the signs, the wonders, and miracles that always follow the preaching of the word? Even as a kid, when I, I'd watch people like R.W. Shambrock, Brother Ted, um, you know, I, I was fortunate. I got to see Pastor Summerall several times at World Harvest. I watched these men of God. They would always preach the word, and then God would always confirm his word with signs and wonders. Yeah. We're not there. The church is not there anymore. We've traded in signs and wonders for a show. Right. Yes, Amen? Yes, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The anointing, and I, I think it is it. Is it, I don't know if it's Brother Ted or Pastor Parsley says the anointing will do for you what a gun boot did for Clark Kent. Who is it? Is that Pastor Parsley? That's one of my favorite things in the world. I, I say that all the time. All the time. The atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground of miracles. Another great quote. Amen. Hallelujah. I was praying this morning, and one of the things I was praying for, just just so you know, was the certain. I feel that there's some folks in here this morning that are discouraged because of the circumstances. And I wasn't going to preach on the anointing and healing this morning. I was going to preach on, on something else. But I'm going to talk a little bit about what the anointing is. Anybody know what the anointing for healing is or the anointing is? It is simply that person of the Holy Ghost working in us. That's what the anointing is. Amen? It's the person of the Holy Ghost working in us. I get tired of hearing people, my own father, my, my own family, I get tired of hearing people all the time lay claim to their sickness. You guys ever have hear of people say, well, my sugar's acting up, my arthritis hurts, my, of course, my dad's fear is, my vertigo's getting me today. It's <laughs> no wonder you fall over all the time. You just claim that thing. You know, you just take an ownership. We don't understand what the anointing can do for our lives. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. The devil is the one who causes all sickness. Everybody agree with me? Yes. Not God. I heard a lady tell me the other day, oh my goodness, I heard a lady. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> I heard a lady. I heard a lady the other day say, well, God gave me the COVID. What? This was a church, mind you. This was a Christian woman. God gave me the COVID. No, he did not. God does not give anybody a sickness just to get glory. That is not Bible. That is not scripture. And she didn't like me when I got done telling her the truth. But uh, anyway. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not sorry. I feel, I feel the anointing working in here. I don't know if I'm going to make it through all my notes. Did anybody come in here this morning? Not only discouraged, but maybe not feeling well in your body. With COVID on the earth, every time you get to sniffle, do you get scared? Yeah. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's face it. You know, you want to run and check your pulse, or you want, you want to check something? I have. I'm not going to lie to you. I have. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Really? They're making you quarantine now? 
Everybody got your Bibles? Yep. Turn to Zechariah chapter 4. <laughs> yes, the Holy Ghost is going to be crying. <laughs> you know, God does not allow sickness, by the way. He allows what we allow, but God does not allow sickness. Sometimes we allow sickness because God, it's never been God's will for us to be sick. Does everybody agree? Yes. Yeah. Everybody there? Zechariah 4 6. And he said unto me, This is the word of the Lord. Now, listen, when the word of the Lord comes to you, you guys better get ready. When you hear somebody step up, somebody that you trust anyway, that you've known has been with Jesus, and they say, This is the word of the Lord. This is this is uh this was a prophet speaking to Zerubbabel. And uh, he said, This is the word of the Lord. So, so often in my life, when I've heard this is the word of the Lord come out of somebody's mouth, I didn't pay attention. You know, because you hear it so often that you just think that they're crazy. All right? So, I, but I've realized here in the last couple of years that you better get ready because when the word of the Lord comes, it's going to change something. Yeah. It's going to do something for you. It's going to do something for someone else. It's going to drive out sickness. It's going to drive out disease. It's going to drive out spirits. It's going to drive out sexual demons it's going to drive out perverseness it's going to, it's going to do something when it comes amen amen hallelujah hallelujah as we preach the word as we sit here as just now as i read zachariah the power of the holy ghost can flow into you and i've seen it happen and he'll be that fast yes amen yes. amen, amen. I, I've, I've i've seen i've been in meetings where and I, I've, I've been preaching where the anointing comes upon the word you know the word and the spirit mix and god will heal people you never have to even lay hands on them Amen? Amen. Of course, I've been in meetings sometimes where you lay hands on people and nothing happens to them. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. This is the word of the Lord is <coughs> saying, not by might. Might in the original text, some, actually some translations may say mighty army. Not by might. Not by mighty army. Not by many numbers. Okay, it's not by might. It doesn't matter how many people you have. Some people, I'll hear people say all the time, Oh, would you just agree with me, brother? I need more people to agree. If I could just get a few more people to agree with me, can I get, let you in on a little secret? Sometimes in your life, you're in a place where you have nobody to agree with you. Amen. But, but, God will agree with you. The Word, which is Jesus, will agree with you. And the Holy Spirit, which is the power that works in us, the anointing, will agree with you. The Bible says that a trifold cord is not easily broken. Amen. So when you're down and you don't have somebody to agree with you or somebody you think you can reach out to, reach out to God because you've got four people right there, three of the best ones I could ever imagine in the world. Amen? Amen. God says, you know, Jesus couldn't perform anything on the earth without first someone agreeing. When he asked Peter, he said, Peter, who do you say that I am? Mm -hmm. If Peter had not agreed with him to say that I believe you are the Christ, you understand what I'm saying? There has to be a power of agreement. Jesus will agree with us. The Holy Ghost does agree with us in anything that we need it to. Amen? Amen. I, a lot of times, I won't even call people. I mean, like, I've got Pastor Amos. I could call Brother Dale. I could call, I could call any of you guys to agree with me in prayer. But I don't do that until I first take it to the Lord and get his agreement. Amen? Amen. See what he has to say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Does that make sense to anybody? Yes. Hallelujah. Four. If you got God, Son, Holy Spirit, and you, that's four. Four is the number of creation. Did you know that? When you start agreeing with the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, He will create things. He'll cause things to happen in your life. 
Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't, you, you don't need sometimes, you know, 7,000 people praying for you. Sometimes you don't need anybody. I work on the prayer line. <laughs> and uh, sometimes people call and they, they want to talk to directly to the minister that's on TV. And they will, they will refuse to pray. They don't realize. They, they want him to pray or they don't want nobody to pray. Am I lying? It's not about the, when it becomes about the person instead of the promise, we've missed it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Now, let me finish this verse. It's not about might nor about power. Power in the original translation means what? It, it means natural ability. Natural ability is what power means in this verse. It's not by it might nor by power. It's not by your natural, natural ability. Any, nothing you can do will heal you. Nothing. We cannot heal ourselves. If we can heal ourselves, Jesus worked on the cross and he's coming to the earth was not necessary. You know, I hear people, I heard a church person say not too long ago, I'm healing myself, brother. I just thought, I, I good job, Jesus. <laughs> good for you, Jesus. He looked at me kind of funny. I said, you can't do it yourself. Now listen, diet's important. You know, and I know what he was referring to, but it's just sometimes you got to get your confession right. Vitamins, diet, nutrition, you know, good health is important, but that's all it is. It's just taking care of your health, and it's, it's a diet. Healing comes from Jesus Christ and the anointing. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The anointing is the person of the Holy Ghost at work. The Bible says in Isaiah that the anointing destroys every yoke, and it removes every burden. Yeah. It says it will re destroy every yoke and remove every burden. Does anybody have any yokes this morning that need to destroy? Amen? Hallelujah. 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 Praise you. Hallelujah. 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 Turn to Acts 10 Says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit of power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. <coughs> I have, in my whole my whole life, until just a few years ago, even through Bible college, I didn't get this revelation. I've always put Jesus in a category that was way outside of the human realm. Because Jesus is the Son of God. We know that he was all God and he was all man. Okay? It was not until I learned, and I'll give, I'll, I'll give you a fancy term, the kenosis of Christ. Does anybody know what the kenosis of Christ is? Never, nobody's ever told you that? Have you learned about that yet in school? You will. You should. Kenosis of Christ, Philippians 2, 6. Just turn there. Philippians 2.6 says, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. 
When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Now flip over to John chapter 1. In the beginning, it says in John chapter 1, the word already existed. The word here is talking about Jesus. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his light brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Then I'm gonna skip down to 14. So the word became human and made his home among us. Jesus became human, made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. The word kenosis in the Greek means simply to empty yourself or to empty. So that's that when you when I, when I say the kenosis of Christ, that's all it means. He emptied himself of everything that was God. Why is that important? Why do you guys know why that's important? Because Jesus, sometimes we don't realize the power that we have as sons, as sons and daughters of God. We don't realize the position we're in as joint heirs with Jesus. You know, Jesus is my older brother. You understand what I'm saying? We don't realize the position. We say, well, Jesus performed all the miracles because he was the son of God. Has anybody thought that way besides me? Thinking that I can't do what Jesus can do? Well, it says that Jesus, when he walked on the earth, he did so as a man. Hallelujah. And here's why. He emptied himself of everything God, so he has to rely on the anointing of the Holy Spirit, just like we do. Yeah. Amen? Amen? When Jesus performed the miracles, he performed them as a man that was hearing from his Father through the Holy Ghost that was working in his life. Just like me and you have to do. We have to learn to let the anointing control our lives. Amen? Amen. Am I making sense to anybody? Yes. Should I have numbered these? I can see my wife's brain working right now. <laughs> what did Jesus empty himself of? First thing I seen that he emptied himself of was his pristine position in relationship to the law. Although Jesus was not guilty of any sin, he willingly took on the sins of those that he was to save. The Bible says in Corinthians, for our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Number two, he emptied himself of the rightful ownership of everything. Jesus Christ owned everything. He created everything. He was everything before he came to earth. He emptied himself of that to take on the position of a slave. Amen. To take on the position of someone that would be beaten and, and whipped and, and ultimately die a criminal's death on the cross. So he emptied himself of his rightful ownership of everything. You know, it's funny that Jesus had to borrow a place to be born. He had to borrow a house to sleep in. He had to borrow a donkey to ride on. He had to borrow a room to hold the last supper in. He even had to borrow a tomb. So he faced a lot of the same stuff that we're facing, but he did it with the anointing and the knowledge of his father, God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And I wrote these last night. 
Usually I type things out or my wife types things out. <laughs> Number three, he emptied himself of his heavenly glory that he shared with the Father. John, and I think it's John chapter 17, it says, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. This is Jesus talking to his Father. He says, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Amen. 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 And then lastly, Jesus emptied himself of his divine knowledge. This, this, by emptying himself of divine knowledge, it required him to rely solely on the Father. Amen? Amen. Because if he would have still been God at that point, he would have had to rely on the Holy Spirit. He, he would have still had the Holy Spirit in him. Does that make sense? So he, he did that so he could give us an example. And I thank God for that. A lot of times we don't take advantage of, uh, of everything that he has provided for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when he emptied himself his divine knowledge, you know, that's why Jesus did no miracles. Was he 30 years old? Jesus did no miracles before he was 30 years old. You guys read that? Everybody read? I had a guy argue with him the other day. When he was 12 years old, he read in the temple. Okay, he read in the temple. There are a lot of people right now reading in the temple. They're not performing miracles. Amen? Amen. He was a carpenter's son. That happened to love to read. Probably no different than your daughter likes to love and read, you know? He performed no miracles until he was 30 years old. The book of John says, He who sent me is true, and I declare to the world what I have heard from him. I do nothing on my own authority, but I speak just as the Father has taught me. All that I am, I have heard from my Father, and then I have made it known to you. So simply speaking, the kenosis of Christ with Jesus Stepping out of his glory, emptying out himself, emptying out his divine nature, emptying out everything that was God, taking on everything that was human, and then learning to take on this person of the Holy Ghost and listen to God through the anointing of healing. Simple, does that sound simple enough for everybody to understand? Yep. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did I read Acts 10.38 to you? Uh, no. I didn't read it yet? Turn to it, never read it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought I did. That's okay. Maybe I can read it again. Has everybody got it? Acts 1030. It's schemes, right? Yep. You got Acts 1038? Yeah. Can you read that for me? Uh-oh. Well, you're having to read it. You do like I do. My wife makes fun of me. Sounds good. It doesn't matter. Okay. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of him, oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. You're welcome. Hallelujah. I did that on purpose. <coughs> I did that on purpose because when I was praying last night about this service this morning, God brought your face in front of me. Amen. And when I was praying this morning, he brought your face in front of me again. And usually when God does that, it's because he's going to move and he's going to, he's going to speak a word. Uh, I haven't got the exact word yet, but I just want you to know that I have been praying for you. 
church but in this town come on Amen. come on god is getting ready to to download a, a boldness in you like you have never known come before on. Amen. he's going to release your tongue he's going to release your words like never before he's going you're going to see people healed and set free come when on. you hear the word coronavirus you're going to get mad you're going to start getting a holy anger and you're going to want to run after the devil and choke him. I'm just telling you what, I, what I've heard from God. Amen? I'll talk to you after the service. <laughs> I just, I, I just what I've heard from God. And it might be just a confirmation. I don't know if God spoke that to you or not. Um, God moved in Michigan in a mighty way in my life. Yeah. So I'll talk to you after the service. Cool. <laughs> Hallelujah. <sighs> Do you play sports? Me? No. I don't know. Is that your daughter? Yes, sir. Do you play sports? What do you play? Tennis. Tennis. That's a good sport. I can't play it. I'm too fat and too old. <laughs> That's a good sport. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's talk about Jesus and how he became a man and what caused him to be able to perform miracles. Amen? Amen. Matthew 3, 13 through 17. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. He said, I'm the one that needs to be baptized by you, Father. He said, so why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it shall be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agrees to baptize him. After his baptizing him, Jesus came up out of the water. The heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. At that moment is when Jesus Christ became anointed from the Father, the Holy Spirit ascending like a dove to work in his life. Amen? Uh -huh. And then what happened immediately following that? Jesus was led into the desert. We all know the story. We've heard it. He was led into the desert. He was tempted by the devil. Amen? Tempted by the same exact things you and I are tempted from. But every time the devil tempted him, what did Jesus do? Exactly. He didn't, he didn't come back at the devil with any other thing but the word of God. The Bible says the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword that's able to divide the spirit and the soul. Amen? It's the truth. The word of God will lead us into all truth. The Bible says that this is a promise for me. This is a promise for my kids. This is a promise for us and all that are far off. Amen? So every time we're tempted, and you know sometimes sickness is a temptation. The devil will put sickness on you and you'll be tempted to quit. You'll be tempted to question God. You'll be tempted to, to give up. Amen? You'll be tempted to feel sorry for yourself. As I was telling the elder Rick this morning, I said, we don't realize. I said, when are we healed? And why are we healed? I'm not healed because my symptoms are gone. Amen? I'm not healed because I'm symptom free. I'm healed because the Bible, the Word of God says I am healed. Simple, plain. Can't add to it, can't take away from it. Jesus says, I am healed. That's that. It don't matter what my symptoms are. Amen? Yep. Amen. You, you agree? Yeah. Okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Another thing I noticed in this verse, Jesus humbled himself to be baptized by another man. In other words, he made himself a servant to John to be baptized by John the Baptist. We got a lot of people that won't humble themselves right now to anyone, including Jesus. Amen? Yeah. They won't humble themselves to the voices crying in the wilderness. You guys have a pastor that's a voice. 
that's crying in the wilderness. And I, I, in my spirit, I feel like there are several people that aren't in this church because they refuse to humble themselves to the voice. I could be wrong, amen? But I, I, I can see it. But I also see this. And let me tell you a little story before I tell you this. I was praying about Ironton. I was praying about Impact Church last night. I was down in the lobby of the hotel, and the anointing of God hit me. And people were walking by. They were drinking and partying and screaming at football games. <clears throat> then they started watching. And then it's kind of funny. They could get a little closer and get a little closer, and they were watching. And I said, Lord, I don't ever go anywhere. And Brother Dale will tell you, I don't ever go anywhere that I don't try to lead someone to Jesus Christ. That's right. Because, as Pastor says, the apex of every, apex of every Christian endeavor ought to be placing jewels in the soul of the crown. Right? Or in the crown of Jesus. And, you know, I, I've heard that. It's in my soul. It's in my spirit. I believe that. I believe that if you're an elder, pastor, teacher, especially Christian, and you haven't led someone to Jesus in the last 30 days, you need to repent or quit. Resign your position in the church. If you haven't got somebody saved outside these four walls in the last 30 days, you're missing it. But anyway, I said all that to say this. I'm coming back up on the elevator, and on the elevator gets this young man. He steps on, and he's kind of looking at me. I'm standing there, I'm just smiling at him. I can feel the anointing in the elevator. So we got off, and he gets off the same floor, man, staying on the fourth floor. And uh, I said, I said, I said, buddy, I said, how are you doing? And he just turned right around and looked at me. He said, I'm not doing good, sir. I said, well, what's the matter? He said, well, I just buried my father. I said, really? I said, that's terrible. I said, uh, I said, what happened? He said, well, my dad had a heart attack. All of a sudden, he wasn't sick. He was perfectly healthy. He had a heart attack. And uh, I said, wow. I said, well, where are you from? He said, right here in Ironton. I said, really? You're from Ironton? I said, have you ever heard of Impact Church? Well, yeah. I, I know right where it's at. Have you ever been in there? No. He's 16 years old. I said, oh, right. I'm 16 years old. What's your name, Jacob? I said, well, Jacob, I said, I'm preaching at Impact Church in the morning. More importantly than that, let me tell you a little bit about what I'm going to preach on. I said, I started sharing Jesus with him. And right there in the hallway, I asked him, I said, Jacob, I said, if you lay down right now and closed your eyes and you woke up in eternity, I said, where would you spend eternity, heaven or hell? He said, well, I grew up in a Baptist church, sir. He said, but honestly, I think I'd probably go to hell. Really? Well, Jacob, wow. do you want to correct that? Do you want to pray a prayer right now that will guarantee life eternal in heaven? Yeah, can we do that? Yes, sir. We started praying. Father, in the name of Jesus, Jesus said, in the name of Jesus, I confess you as Lord said, he's repeating the prayer. Holy Ghost falls. Elevator doors open up. Next thing you know, here comes this woman. She's probably 45, 50 years old. She's out. She puts her hands on his back. Eyes a kite. Puts, his, <laughs> puts her hands on his back. I went, I know you didn't get sprayed by a skunk. <laughs> she started laughing. I said, are you his mama? Yes, I'm his mama. I said, well, he told me what just happened. He said, this is your first time out since, you know, since your husband's passing and he's had some family issues. I said, but Jacob just received Christ. I said, right now there are angels rejoicing in heaven because of the decision he made. I said, let me ask you, mama. I said, do you know what it means to be saved? I said, do you know the man of Jesus Christ? Do you know the man that shed his blood for you? And she said, no, I'm not saved. I said, do you want to be saved? And she thought about it for a minute. I said, it don't matter what you've done in your past. I said, Jesus forgets about your past. He said, yes, I want to be saved. So me and Jacob got to turn around and lay hands on the mom. And she gave her heart to God right here in the hotel. Wow. And I gave her information on the church. And they said, it's still a long time. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to 
see Ironton, it's kind of a pretty scene. You know, it looks nice from the road, and then when you get down in here, it don't look as nice. <laughs> but uh, that's okay because there's a lot of hurting people. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. But I, I said all that to say this. The anointing of Jesus Christ will cause you, no matter where you are, to do things that you're uncomfortable doing sometimes, but you got to be obedient. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Yeah. And I made up my mind that I'm not going to lose anybody else. I'm not going to lose anybody else to COVID. I'm not going to lose any. You know, COVID is a name. But what does the Bible say? Every name has to bow to the name of Jesus yeah, Christ. Right. Amen. That's right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Somebody here this morning, I, I could be way out of line, but I'm not because I know the Holy Ghost. Somebody here this morning is battling sugar or they're starving sugar diabetes. God is here to heal you. He told me that this morning. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But it is a name that has to bow to the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What's that we read in Isaiah 61 this morning? Get Isaiah 61 out there. A lot of you guys probably haven't memorized, right? <coughs> What's that? That's the best scripture. The spirit of. Can you say it? You want to read it? Go ahead. You read it, I'll tell you quick. about what this disease is doing to 
Am I boring you guys? No. no. Think about what this, and I ain't going to call it disease. I, I just think it's, it's a lie from the pit of hell. And I'm not saying it's not real, but it, it has definitely blown way out of proportion. You know, since COVID started, has anybody died of anything else? No. I, I mean, be honest. This, this, has anyone died of anything else? Then I read a report the other day that said 150 some thousand people, you probably know. The CDC actually came out and said they didn't die of COVID, that they died of something else. Yeah. The CDC said that. But what the devil has done, he got smart. And we played dumb. He knew that he, he could use the media, and he was going to use the media, to cause division. The healing anointing is tangible. They said the anointing of Lord Paul's life was so tangible yeah. that they even took handkerchiefs out to the sick. And the anointing that was on those handkerchiefs healed them. Yeah. Well, what has the enemy caused with COVID? He took the tangibility out of the church. You've got to quarantine. You've got to stay six feet apart. You've got to wear a mask. You can't touch each other. Has anybody thought about that? I mean, it's, it's terrible. You know, the fear that, 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 that accompanies this lie is unbelievable. And I've experienced it. I had COVID. I ended up in the hospital. I passed out cold in my house, cut my hands wide open, fell over. Didn't go to the hospital because I had COVID. I went to the hospital because I was bleeding like a stuck pig. And uh, ended up getting it. Well, they said I did. They stuck a Q-tip in my brain. They said, well, you don't got a brain, but you got COVID. Hmm. <laughs> 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 It's not funny, but it is. But my wife will tell you, I was passing out. I didn't know what world I was in. Uh, but I've, I've always lived it. I'm, you know, I mean, the sandbox used to say, sudden death, sudden glory. <laughs> God, I'm ready to go to heaven. So if this is, if this is my time, I'll see you in just a few minutes. That's how I live life. Yes. But it wasn't my time. But they, she took me to the emergency room. The next thing you know, they tested me. And I, and, and I came to, I was like in and out, in and out. And the only thing I remember is, oh, you got COVID. And I'm, I'm back out of it again. I wake back up. And they told my wife, oh, you got COVID. You should get everybody in your house tested. Well, my son had COVID. We all three had COVID. They put me in the hospital. I passed out again. I mean, I was out over that first day. Yeah. And uh, the oxygen wasn't bad. You know, I, I could tell I had something wrong, but I, I didn't care. When I woke up, I woke up in this room with this huge machine in the middle of the room. Now, this is a fancy hospital. It's not a junk hospital. But they put these machines in this room, and all the ears, what the heck? So I woke up, the next thing you know, here comes this doctor and his nurse with their suits. Has anybody seen the suits? Yeah. They wear? Yeah. It seemed like, you know, I thought I was in a space movie or something. I was scared to death for about 10 minutes. And then I started praying. And the nurse is doing their thing, hooking me up. And here comes another nurse. There's three of them in there. Here comes the infectious disease doctor. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost hit me, the anointing healing hit me. And I started, and the doctor looks over at me and I said, if you don't want what I got, you need to get out of this room. And I started, Father, I thank you that I, you know, the word of God says I am healed. Father, I thank you that your word says none of these diseases shall affect me. I thank you, Lord, that your word says by your stripes I am healed. Father, I thank you that COVID has to bow to the name of Jesus Christ. I started shouting and yelling at the devil. I ain't got out of bed. They're trying to put stuff in me and I'm yelling. And I called Brother Ted on the phone. So Brother Ted, I need you to pray. And uh, he texted me back. He said, oh, you're okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's what he said. He texted me back. He says, no, you're okay. Don't worry about it. He said, he said you're going to be good. So the Holy Ghost hit me again. I laid down, and I told that doctor, and my wife will tell you, I said, I'm going home tomorrow. Oh, no, sir, you're sick. 
You can I said, I'm going home tomorrow. You can have a nice day. Thank you for all your help. And uh, I went to bed that night, got up and showered the next day, and home I went. And uh, seriously, I, you know, I, did I still have symptoms? Yes. Was I still dizzy, ready to fall on my face, fail every two steps? Yes. But was I healed because the Bible says yeah, I was healed? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, guess what happened? My mom. And thank God my, my wife and my son, it, it didn't affect them that, that well. They're older than me. They must be more righteous or something. But, <laughs> but uh, my mom is definitely healed. So we finally called the rescue squad because she refused to go to the hospital. And uh, so they, they come and they took her out in the rescue squad because my dad wanted her to. And, uh, you know, sometimes you got to meet people where their faith is at. Amen. And, you know, don't ever make nobody feel bad. It's not God's way. God is a gentleman. He's never going to make you feel bad. But you got to meet them where their faith is at. So they took my mom to the hospital. And when they showed up, now mind you, my dad is blind. He lost his sight six years ago. Mm-hmm. And he's sick as a dog. So the EMT looked over at him and she says, You don't look good, sir. So they tested him. His oxygen was 78, 80, something like that. He should have been dead. They put him in the hospital. He's in the jump seat in the back of the ambulance. My mom's on the gurney. Woo! Away they went. Of course, we can't get in. You know, they won't let us get in the hospital. And uh, and I got mad. I started taking the authority over the over the enemy. And I stood up. And I'm in the parking lot of the hospital. I'm just screaming at the top of my lungs. Devil, you will not kill my mom. You will not kill my dad. I have authority over you in the name of Jesus. And I'm shouting the scripture. The doctors and nurses are looking at me like, they, like they're running. They, they, they expect me to start shooting people or something. And uh, so, long story short, they put my dad in there. And mind you, both of my parents had the COVID shot. And I'll just say right up front, I'm not anti-vax, but I'm not taking that shot. Um, Amen. The shot almost killed my dad. And we realized later on that's why he ended up getting sick, both of them. They, they didn't have COVID until they got the shot. Amen. My mom had her second shot, but my dad only had one. He almost died. Um, and because of his low oxygen, he had a what they call low oxygen heart attack. And the low oxygen heart attack damaged his heart to the point where he needed open heart surgery. And uh, but thank God he's faithful and he fixed it that way. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I'm not I'm never gonna hear me say that God's gonna use a surgeon to heal someone because that's not true. But God does use surgeons to help fix <coughs> sometimes. Amen. Yeah. And sometimes I think it's easier if we just do it God's way, but you know, whatever. And uh, so anyway, my mom is sick. And she's progressively getting worse and worse and worse. And they called, and I check on her a couple times a day, and they said, your mom is a very sick lady. She might not make it out of here. I said, you're a liar. That lady says, excuse me. I said, no, not you. I said, the devil. I said, but the devil says she's using mouthpiece right now. I said, you're a liar. I said, my mom's coming out of the hospital. I said, God's going to heal her. I said, my mom's a lady of faith. And uh, I said, he'll bring her out. So three weeks she was in there, and she made it into the worst eye part of the ICU, and she refused to vent. She did not want to vent. Even though they recommended it, she did not want to vent. She said, only if I'm going to die. She said, I don't really want to vent. So we started praying. God said, go to the hospital, start marching around seven times a day. I said, God, I just got out of the hospital, and that's a big place. <laughs> you know, I'm still busy, Lord. <laughs> he, said, he said, you go march around that hospital seven times. So we, we own our own business, and sometimes I work to midnight. Sometimes I work two, three in the morning. And... Um, I'd get off and I'd go up to the hospital and I'd start, I found out which window was my mom's and I'd just start marching around that parking lot. It was a pretty big parking lot. I'd march seven times and I'd shout and I'd scream and I would pray and I would thank God. And so I called the lady, the nurse on the phone one morning. This was Monday before Thanksgiving. I said, hey, can my mom come to my house for Thanksgiving? The nurse laughed at me on the phone. She said, what? 
said, I don't know how, how that works. I said, but I'm going to bring her to my house for Thanksgiving. You know, I said, and, and we've got several other guests coming. I said, but we're not scared of you know, COVID and we're not scared of transmitting and all that. I said, I just want to make sure, you know, that, that she'll, be allowed, she'll be allowed to come. Because I know that sometimes our health department, especially in our county, gets real stupid. And they yeah. track, look, they track everybody, by the way. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times they've called me to know where I was at, who I've been in contact with. And one of the questions they asked, well, did you go to church? Mm-hmm. First question. First question asked, did you go to church? No, I didn't go to one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's the first question they asked. Did you go to church? Because it was it was their their goal to shut down churches. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I told a lady on the phone. I said, God just spoke to me. and said, My mom's coming home for Thanksgiving. Sunday, your mom's very sick. She needs to come out of this hospital if she comes out at all. I said, Lady, I said write it down. My mom's coming home for Thanksgiving. Yeah. It was a Thursday. It was Wednesday or Thursday. The day before Thanksgiving. Guess who pushed my mom out of the hospital in a wheelchair? Come on. And he said, we literally treated hundreds and hundreds of patients, and I've not seen, I can get out of here, I don't know if she's late, I'm sorry, guys. And he said, she said, I've never seen anyone recover in a matter of two days. But there was a distinct point where I remember the anointing of God fell. It fell on the parking lot, and I, I know it fell from the room, I could just feel it. And my mom said, she said, I could feel it. The prayer. I can feel the anointing. She said, God put me. Yeah. And she's out of the hospital now, is she? And let me tell you what happened for her. About four or five months ago, because of COVID, she lost her job. And they're up there in years. And they were a little stressed because of money. About five or six months ago, they get a knock on the door. My dad goes back and he hits everything with that cane. And he finally gets back to the door. And he opens the door. And there's a man on the other side of the door that says, Brother Buck, I was driving past your house. And God just spoke to me to pay it off. He said, so tell me how much you owe. He wrote my mom and dad a check to pay off their house. <laughs> Amen. So, I just want to say God is good. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to close. Um, would it be possible to have the worship team come back up? And go ahead and sing that song that you were singing this morning. The goodness of God. Can we do that? Hallelujah. Guys, thank you for listening to me this morning. I know I was a little bit everywhere today, and I didn't uh, I didn't do a lot of shopping, screaming, and jumping. Uh, or singing. Or singing. It almost brought my keyboard, but I didn't know with all with all the, the remodel and everything, I didn't know if we were there yet or not. So I'll bring it next time. But as we close this morning, I'm going to ask everyone. First of all, if you're here this morning, it, it would never be a service to the Lord if we got together and we didn't give someone the opportunity to know Jesus. Amen. If you're here this morning, and I don't know your soul, I don't know the situation you're in, I don't, I don't know anything about anyone, but if, if you're in a situation where you've never asked Jesus into your heart, if you were happy to lay down today for a nap and wake up in eternity this afternoon, would the Lord say to you, enter in? thy good and faithful servant, or do we say depart from me, I never knew you. If you're not sure, then before we leave today, I want the opportunity to pray for you. Amen? The old timers used to say, if you, what, how is it? If you're born once, you die twice. Is that right, Brother Del Rodney said? Yeah, I'll do it. Born twice, die once. 
What that means is we are all born. And the Bible says that if we're appointed once to live and a time to die, everybody's going to face that debilitary. One day we will leave our natural bodies. And one day we will spend eternity in either heaven or hell. We are spiritual beings that are just occupying an earthly home. Amen? So by being born one time of the flesh, if you're, the Bible says that you must be born again. You must be born again. And if you're not born again, then you can never have a child. So that would be the second time being born. Amen? But if you're only born once, then you're going to die twice. You're going to die a natural death, which the Bible says we all will. Then you're going to die a spiritual death in the lake of fire. When Jesus comes back to establish his kingdom, you're going to deal with the same all these mansions. But if you are born twice, and that second time you're born again of the Spirit, and you've asked Jesus into your life, the Bible says that when you die in the fleshly man, that you'll spend eternity with God in heaven. Amen. And then we will reign victorious with Jesus. So I'm going to ask you to be honest with yourselves. If you're here this morning and you don't know for sure, then please, please, let me pray for you. I don't want to embarrass you. You slip up your hand, slip it down. Just say, Brother Dan, please pray for me. I'm not sure. And I'm going to take this a step farther this morning. If you're here this morning and you are saved, but right now in the forefront of your mind, you have a family member that you have been believing God for that's not saved, I want to ask you to come down and stand, stand in proxy for your family member that is saved. Everybody's got one particular family member. I know it. I feel it in my spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. Sing a song. Hallelujah. Let's just worship God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you.
affirming and trying to affect her body right now in the name of Jesus. And for this person that she's believing for, we send the word, Lord, and we call them in the kingdom. Lord, I bind every spirit of discouragement in the name of Jesus Christ, and I command it to go. I bind every worry in the name of Jesus, I command it to go. I bind fear in the name of Jesus, I command it to go. Devil, you're a liar. Hallelujah. Thank you for your anointing, Lord.
Father, you never reveal what you don't plan on healing. Hallelujah. And I thank you as you feel this circulatory problem this morning that you're healing even now. That the blood flows from her legs up to her toes, yeah. back up into the heart, and back out again perfectly. Yeah. Father, I thank you for supernatural finances coming into her life right Father, I thank you that as she has prayed, Lord, I want to put up for my children's children. As she's believing that she can put away for her grandchildren, and I thank you, Lord, that that's going to happen. Hallelujah. That God's going to give you the desire of your heart this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody else need prayer?